Welcome to the Martial Arts and Crafts Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Deacon, life balance coach for better adulting, martial artist, instructor, creative artist, wife, mother, and all-around person. Thank you for joining me on the show as we learn together how to make an impact through personal growth, responding to challenges, making choices, and learning more about our identity, belonging, and purpose. On to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Martial Arts and Crafts Podcast. This is Sarah Deacon, your host, and today I have Mindy with me. Mindy Ruddock is my guest today, and I'm going to do the thing where I let her introduce herself. So Mindy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me today. So So tell us a little about who you are and what you do. Um... I don't know. Wherever you want to start. (laughs) Little, little isn't going to be the best word. No, I'm just (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm a women's wellness coach. Mm -hmm. That's my main title that I wear most frequently. Um, But underneath that title, the resume and whatnot that brought me there is vast and varying. And sometimes people ask me, how does one lead to the other? But I promise they all connect and it all makes sense in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my there. bachelor's degree in dance. So I graduated college back in 2001 with my degree in dance and went out into the dance world and taught for a very long time. I was given a gift at a young age that someone gave to me and I wanted to pass that gift on to others. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I was injured. And through that injury, My two children, my two sons were very young at that point in time, and mama didn't heal like I did before I had kids. I tore my calf Mm. muscle. Yeah. So I had to do, as we said, that word we all hate, I had to pivot. Yep. And in dance, it means something too. (laughs) Oh, it definitely means something in dance. And unfortunately, it meant that I was done with Mm -hmm. the dance. Uh, But that's when I became a massage therapist. So I went from the movement wellness type world to the physical self care wellness type world. And as I became a massage therapist, I took my body knowledge and applied it to my clients. And I'm going to toot my own horn. And I became a pretty good darn massage therapist. Toot away, my friend. (laughs) Like, I am all about celebrating big and small. And I was always asked by my clients, like, how did I know that was the spot? What made me realize that was what was going on? And at the time, I used to say, oh, it's just because my level of body knowledge and my movement knowledge, not realizing there was a little bit of intuition that was going into it. Something in Mm -hmm. me knew, and I didn't know yet what that something was. Mm -hmm. To my resume, I then added esthetician. So I started doing skincare, more self-care wellness side of the world. And I now realized I was missing the world of teaching. And I missed that interaction I used to have with my students. Mm -hmm. So I started teaching massage and aesthetics. Took the next logical... (laughs) move in that and I became the director of education 
at a massage and aesthetic school and wah wah I burnt out yeah. I unfortunately experienced the worst round of burnout I mean we've all experienced burnout little by little in our life this was by far the worst yeah and biggest eye-opening moment of my life and I took a step back I went back to taking clients a little bit here and there and bam the pandemic hit yeah and I actually I'm one of the fortunate ones and I was able to take time on me Mm -hmm. and I focused on myself and I healed and I journeyed and I adventured and I came out a women's wellness coach yeah. Paralleling this entire time, my children were martial artists. My Both my sons began taking Kempo. My oldest was about four when he started. Um, my youngest was just before, no, he was about four when he started as well. And I loved watching them find this movement style that was right for their body yeah and it was a new language for me to learn but I loved watching it Mm -hmm. their original sensei unfortunately decided he was done in the karate world and he sold the dojo and the new instructor that came in was starting adult classes so Mm -hmm. I was like "Mm, hey I'm kind of ready to start moving again So I went home and I told my husband, I want to take karate classes. And he did what any husband would do. I think what any husband would do and said, I'm not going to be the only one in the house not doing it. (laughs) And we started taking classes together. And that has evolved. And as of about a month ago, my husband and I bought out our business partner and we now own the karate school. And I do a lot of my women's wellness events, coaching. I'm also a yoga instructor. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of my classes at my space, at the studio. And see, it all... it uh, Yep, and it all comes together. It all comes together. Yeah, your journey parallels mine a lot because it was my sons who got me into the karate world as well. My oldest started when he was... I think uh, just about to be seven. So just uh, before his seventh birthday, he started. And then my youngest started when he was like three, um, as early as he possibly could. By the time my youngest started, I'm like, okay, I'm in. And so I started at the same time as my youngest. My husband has yet to join us. (laughs) And he is finally actually considering it. (laughs) All right. See, it happens. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, and it is, it's something that, that our family has just been involved in for gosh, my, my oldest is 15 now. So seven, eight years, um, we've been, you know, we've been there, we've spent many nights a week there and we, yes, <laughs> you know, we yes. have, you know, grown really connected with the community and thing. And that, and that is something I just really love about it is just the friendships that we've made and the, the way that we've all been able to grow personally as well as physically. Oh, it's, it's amazing. My oldest is now 16. My youngest is 14. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest did come. We, we actually compete. I do not compete. My children <laughs> have competed. Yes. My oldest no longer does, but my youngest still, we actually have a tournament coming up this weekend 
Oh, fantastic. And some of our students at the school have started competing. And it was interesting watching their faces when they came to their first tournament and they're walking around with us and they're like, you literally know like every person here. And yeah. I'm like, this is my social circle. This right. is the, like you said, the community, the world I live in, the support we, mm -hmm. even if you're not an owner or an instructor, as a, as I call them, dojo parent, karate yeah. parent, you have so much in common with these other parents that it's just mm -hmm. easy to kind of build that community and right. build that relationship. And you're sitting there and you're watching your kid grow in advance and you're watching the kids alongside them. So it's like, by the time everybody's in the black belt test together, it's like, you've known these kids for several years. So it's not just your own that you're cheering on, you're cheering on them and their friends. And I, I think that's brilliant. Even like, like you said, even if you're not an instructor or even if you don't take classes on your, you know, as an adult, it, it's really, it's a really great way to, to make connections and make friends and get to know each other and to, to understand that you all share that sort of common value, those values that the martial arts instill. Coming into a new space like that, like we have new students that sign up all the time. And I try to remind my more advanced students who have been there forever. And it kind of goes out to the parents at the same time you all were here on day one. Every single person in that space has experienced day one. So yes. that anxiety, that nervousness you're feeling, that this is a big space. What did I get myself into? We've kind of all experienced that. Mm -hmm. And I love drawing on that like level of commonality. Yeah. And I, I explore that into my coaching as well. Mm -hmm. And if I am doing a group or whatever, I always try to draw on the commonality because it right. takes down so many of those anxious and worried walls that we put up. And then you're like, oh, but wait a minute, they're just like me. Right. Oh, but, but they're doing the same thing as me. Oh, but, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause we can forget and we can get stuck in our own head. And all it takes sometimes is that one person to be like, yeah, I was there too. And I know how you're feeling and we have you, we've got you like you're with us now and, and you're going to be okay. And you're going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. And something, you know, I was telling you about the, the retreat I went to is something, a feeling that was there, you know, so putting yourself in those kinds of spaces, whether it's martial arts or something else where the values are there that are inclusive, that are welcoming and supportive and encouraging, I think is just so important, whether you're a, an adult who's been around the block a few times, or whether you're just starting out, you know, graduating high school or, you know, coming into a new school or coming into a new space for, for whatever reason, it doesn't really matter. I used to use the commonalities a lot too, when I was teaching mm -hmm. in the, um, the tech school, because we'd have students of all ages. Yeah. 95% um, of my students were female. So mm -hmm. I, I will end up generalizing with the female on this. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would sit there with the women and you're in a room full of women aged 18 to who knows what the up number is. And they're going, she is nothing like me. What am I doing in a class with this woman who's been in a professional and here I am 18 years old, but you, yeah. we strip it back. And what's the most 
what's the first thing you have in common? You're with here. Yeah. <laughs> you took and, that. Right. You took that first step through the door. Right. You, you walked in, you made the choice. You, you had it, you had that impulse to do something new and here you are and here we are together. Like yeah. that's, that's beautiful. And that's, you know, same thing. Like I was in a room of, of business owners and there was a 17 year old in the room who was there, you know, because his mom said, you're, you're going to be a leader and you're going to be a, a powerful person someday. And this, these are the people you need to be around. And it doesn't like, and he had a blast and talked to so many people and learned, I'm sure way more than he would even be able to say just by being there. Good and on his mom yeah. for putting him in that situation though. Cause mm -hmm. as a parent, it's so hard to say to your kid, no, this is going to be good for you. Right. Even though they're like, what are you even talking about? Especially after coming through drama and struggles and you know, the, the fights and the, the resistance that, that happen when you're 17, 18 years old. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And 16 and 14 years old. Yeah. Even thinking back to my, <laughs> even thinking back to my own when I was that age. Oh boy. What would yes. I have? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I worked for a chamber of commerce in my twenties where it was like, I felt just so like, what am I even doing here? And I was like, well, at least I have, I have the job I'm employed. I'm employed by the chamber of commerce. So that's what I'm doing here. But I really did not see what I had in common with these people until gosh, it's, you know, 20 years later, almost 15 years later. And I'm seeing like, oh, that was really a really great place for me to be at that age at that time. Cause I don't know if I would have been as equipped or as confident not that I was fully confident, but starting my own thing and, and doing even a thing like a podcast and talking to strangers on the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's like, the takeaways, yeah. the takeaways that you walk it, walk away with in the grand when you're working on something like that is like, it, it's crazy. I was on the massage therapy state board in Massachusetts for mm -hmm. a while. Yeah. And I'm like, who am I? Right. To be on the state board, making these decisions for people, making these listening to these stories and doing all this stuff who am I and then I was like okay I learned a lot from it it definitely taught me about myself and what I don't want to be like and what I do want to be like and and the yeah. kind of space you want to create for other people I yeah. I have listened to you on I think I listened to you on on Cheryl's podcast the Feminine Project um shout out to Cheryl she's amazing she is um, fabulous <laughs> yes and I, I did. I listen. I, I think I listened to your um, episode because as you're going through your story, I'm like, oh, yes, that's yes, that's Mindy. That's I remember. Um, and I I was really um, excited when you when you talk about the the women's groups and the the classes that you um, the workshops or retreats that you offer for the women. Can you tell me a little bit about that experience and how those kind of came to be and evolved? So I call them Mojo at the Dojo. Love it's it. A mom's Night at the Dojo. Started out as moms only. My first event actually happened a month before the pandemic. And it was for yeah. mothers only. And it was a way for us to get together without alcohol. Right. Without many, like we left stereotypes behind because we 
came to the dojo, the first event, we punched and kicked and hit the bags and we released. Mm -hmm. It's a night all about release. It's a night all about healing. Um, after we punched and kicked the bags for a while, uh, another coach friend of mine, um, she's a women's empowerment coach. She mm -hmm. came in and did some mirror work. And, oh, that was eye-opening and, yeah, just eye-opening. <laughs> and after she did that, we went into a meditation. And as the night was wrapping up and I'm driving home and I'm reflecting, I'm like, all right, I don't need someone to come in and do that coaching part of it. I'm ready to try that part for myself. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to help women. I'm ready to share my story, get my... Yeah voice out there in a different mm -hmm. way and I was planning mojo at the dojo too and it happened pretty much the it was supposed to happen I should say the day that Massachusetts went into lockdown yeah so I unfortunately had to cancel my event mm -hmm. um but that allowed me time to focus on it and shift it a little bit and I created a group on Facebook that I hoped had the same type of energy. Yeah. Um, it's called the Wellness Path Positivity Project. And it was all about at that time, keeping everything positive and focusing on ourselves. And yes, we're home. Yes, we're together, but separate. But here's how we can get through this as a group and how we can work with each other. As we came out of the pandemic, I actually had gotten my yoga certification. So I was able to finally relaunch Mojo at the Dojo. And this time it was all me. Yeah. And we did an hour of a yoga workout and we flowed together and it was beautiful. And I did a whole talk during the middle um, we've done different ones where we focus on confidence. We focus on creativity. We talk about communication, different things that affect us, but ways we can grow and explore them together. We've done activities like affirmation boards. So we've all heard of vision boards. The affirmation yeah. board is similar, but instead of cutting up papers and creating a vision board, it's writing out affirmations that affirmations that like focus our attention on ourselves. Yes. And then it always ends with a meditation. Release, relax, refocus. I actually haven't done one in a little while. The last two that I held were mother daughter. Oh, I love that. And it was, it was definitely a powerful night for those mothers and daughters mm -hmm. and having sons, it was a very interesting experience for me to observe. Yeah. I don't, mothers and sons do not interact the way mothers and daughters. Right. Do. It's, it's a definitely a di different kind of energy. And in that event, I actually, with the girls, we did a make and take where they made um, bath soaks and they got to take a part of the night home with them. And they worked together with their mother of make blending different scents and doing different fun things together. And it was, nice. it was amazing. I, I am starting to plan some new ones for the new year, 
Yeah, I'm gonna you're do giving a, me some great inspiration too. <laughs> I'm going to do a uh, teens and tweens night. Mm-hmm. And from that, I'm hoping to grow a teen tween meditation class. Mm. I've had a lot of want for that from the moms that I work with a lot that have kids in that age range. Yeah. And it's definitely, it, it's really fun for me because as I'm creating the night all the way down to the playlist, the playlist even follows the theme of the night. Yeah. As I'm creating all that stuff, I'm working on myself too. Mm-hmm. I'm unraveling things about myself and remembering things about my life growing up and different things that I can bring to these girls or these and these women that isn't just from their familial storyline. It's from a different storyline. And again, yeah. we find parallels and we find commons and we right we grow and we heal yeah i mean somebody doesn't need to have gone through a you know a devastating injury that changes the trajectory of their career in order to learn something from someone's story who has like yours yeah. right like there i i've been talking to people who you know again like oh well i don't want that thing that i went through to be my whole identity or my whole persona when i speak or connect with people and yet it is that that piece and the learning from it that that connects us to each other where our stories are all connected and intertwined and they're like you said there's parallels and everything like that so i love that you're the focus on teens and tweens is you know i um i'm also focused on that age yes. range as well and i i have something in the works hopefully that will happen in 2023 that's very similar a mother daughter experience where um, where there will be that kind of deep connecting and learning and healing and releasing and, and cool. all of the, all of that, um, juicy Very goodness. Cool. It, <laughs> it was really beautiful to watch these little girls and they ranged from six years old to 14 years old. Mm, I love it. think they know their mother. I mean, they know their mother, but who think they already know everything about their mother and now there's an opportunity during the event where they the mother kind of shares a little bit of their journey and what it means for them like we we define the word relax and what it meant for each person and now the girls are like oh that's why you do that that's why you focus and you go into the bathroom or that's why you don't want me to help you cook sometimes because you're using this time for you yeah and they get to know their moms so differently well yeah there's so many pieces of the puzzle and then it's something I think that is important for parents to communicate you know in a way that's loving and honoring for both you know with their with their kids whether it's boys girls or whoever is like Yes, I I can see that you want my attention and here's what I'm doing and here's when I can give you what you need, whether it's now, whether it's later or in a different way or however it is. And that communication piece, you mentioned that you do explore that in some of your events and some of your classes. And I think that's that's really foundational is, is learning that what somebody else receives from us is not necessarily always what we intend Absolutely. To communicate. <laughs> we talk about perception a yeah. lot in our house. 
um, in these classes I do, we, we talk about it a lot as, and, and it gets, it's gotten easier with my sons to talk about things like this as they get older, but mm-hmm. because we've always talked about these types of words and these types of things, accountability and oh, perception. Yeah. And with them and, being in martial arts since they're four, like they've got that foundation of, of those words and what the behavior behind those those value words, what that actually looks like, which is something that I'm really an advocate for martial arts about. But again, any activity that promotes the values as their behavior. It's okay. Take it. And we talk a lot about how the definitions shift, Mm -hmm. how appropriate, appropriate at grandma's house is not appropriate on the playground Mm -hmm. is not appropriate at the karate school. Right is not appropriate at school. So that that definition will sli- shift slightly. Mm-hmm. And just being able to talk about it makes all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Because we even even many adults I know it's it's hard sometimes for us to to realize what we're actually expecting or wanting or intending from a conversation or or interaction where that's where confusion happens is because sometimes even the initiation is unclear. Like, why am I saying what I'm saying when I'm saying it or the way I'm saying it? So if we yeah. can get clear beforehand, like that's, that does so much right. with the. Think yeah. about the most recent, I'll use the word argument. It's a strong word, but think of most re- recent argument you had with anyone. Mm-hmm. What was the reason the argument started? It was most likely a misunderstanding mm-hmm. that if you had actually sat down, stripped it away and talked about it, it may not have turned into what it turned into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that you work with, with women, with girls as a boy mom myself. I think that's really, um, it, it helps to understand, you know, different relational dynamics uh, especially if you're you are surrounded by that that very masculine energy, and it's important for women and girls to understand that their energy is different, and it can it's okay that it's different. I had a student recently at one of her first tournaments. The weapons division was co-ed, mm-hmm. and most divisions are normally split boy girl, okay. and she's like, "Well, why is the weapons division co-ed and everything else is split?" And I was like, well, you need to understand that maybe there weren't enough kids to do boy-girl split. She's like, I'd rather everything be co-ed. And she's getting to an age where there is a shift in the dynamic between how boys move and how girls move. Mm -hmm. Boys will develop this very powerful, strong style of movement where girls move into more of a graceful, flowing Mm -hmm. style of movement. Now, neither right is, neither is wrong. It's just is what it is. Mm -hmm. But putting a very graceful movement up against a very powerful movement, you're going to create, like, the the, the judges don't want to have to be put in that situation as to which to pick. So they keep the boys and they keep the girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Our school does not do it that way. We, We do have boys and girls compete against each other, especially in forms and weapons, I believe. The, um, 
at our school, we did do um, co-ed sparring as well, which was a really interesting experience. And I can see definitely why there's value in splitting because I sparred in our last tournament and I got hit a couple of times very, very hard, just in a way that um, didn't injure me, but knocked the wind out of me because it was in the, in our division, it was me and let's see, three other grown men, two younger men, te- like 19, 20, 22 years old men. <laughs> so the, the, just the energy and the, the, the intensity of that sparring, you know, energy is, it was totally different than class. Cause I've sparred against all of them in class. Oh, there's a level of competitiveness now. Yeah. There was a whole different, whole different energy. And again, our school is very kind and caring. And the, the man who hit me was, he felt very terrible because I was like, I can't, I couldn't continue after the second hit in the same spot because oh, I yeah. just had no wind left. So it was like, well, I got scored on twice, basically <laughs> three times. And it was, I, I had to tap out. And it was, you know, I felt very feminine and vulnerable mm-hmm. when I'm like, the tears are streaming down my face. And again, it wasn't personal. Nope. It was the competition, but there, there is definitely that difference. Yeah. yeah. In, and it's not, it's not, a, it's not a bad, right. Difference. Not bad, not it's right. Just, not wrong. I was really proud of myself for stepping into that ring and oh, stepping into that be. division and the other, you know, the other, you know, my teammates essentially like they're, they're my people, they're my friends, they're my community. They were all just like making sure I'm okay. And like, wow, you really had amazing courage and they use different words, but you really had amazing yeah. courage to, to be here, to show up, to stand up. And then a piece of the learning from that was how do I get more women in that ring? Mm-hmm. Whether it's enough that we have our separate division yeah and you know and you know adult women sparring and you know do our own thing or whether it's hey let's make this a little bit more of an even pool yeah next year so that's again and those it brings up those questions about that interaction of energy that how what's best for the community and and both can be good both can be effective at giving us the learning that we need in that moment. And I'm sure your experience and what you went through and the people watching it and hopefully the higher ups watching it, they mm-hmm. realize without you even needing to say anything, mm-hmm. okay, maybe this is something we need to move into. Yeah. Maybe this is something we need to think about. We need to talk to these other people about. Would more women be interested in doing it if it right. was separated? And yeah. yeah, hopefully it opens a whole new- yeah. And I was even watching the younger division, the teen division sparring, and there were it, there were more than one young lady in that group. And what I a huge takeaway from that was actually watching the like the younger siblings of the guys in the teen tournament who yep. were female, like watching the yep. their instructors, their female instructors compete against these teen, you know, teen boys and and hold their own and oh, do yeah. awesome. <laughs> So I'm watching the, the little girls on the sidelines who are, who are cheering her on and, and witnessing this, that like, 
okay, this is what they need. Like, this is what they need to see. And whether those young ladies won or lost their matches, it didn't really matter. They were in there and they were, they were having the courage to show up and step into a place where, you know, the odds are kind of stacked against them, but they're standing up and they're doing it anyway. And they're, they're holding their own and they're making a way for the ones to come after them. And I think that's why having young instructors and having teaching, you know, having that teaching experience is so powerful because not only are they in the game learning for themselves, but they are also teaching without even thinking about it. (laughs) They're being inspired. And it's interesting. Inspired and inspiring. As a female karate school owner, Mm -hmm. it is a very, it's not very common still. Yeah. And new people will come in and they'll look and they'll be like, wow, there's a lot of girls in these classes. You have a pretty good girl mix. And it's like, yeah, turn and look behind the desk. It's because I'm behind the desk in my my gi, my uniform, standing there. I'm leading them out on the floor. They're yeah. seeing a female mm-hmm. and they're going, oh yeah, we can totally do this. I know. That was one of the beautiful moments from this tournament was I had a student who I don't even teach ask for a picture because I was judging, ask for a photo with me. And I was like, oh, cool. Do you want the other judges to come in too? And they said, no, we want the lady one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that I, because our school, very again, very integrated. We have a great mix of boys and girls and just not even realizing that that was still a thing because the environment we have is very, yep. very co-ed, very mixed. We have a lot of little girls in our school as well. Same thing. So yeah. just like waking up to, oh yeah, I guess that is still a thing. Yeah. 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 It is still, for some reason, it lingers. Well, and it's, it, I mean, it is still seen as a very masculine, uh, you know, vas- masculine activity, whether it's fighting or martial arts or, you know, yeah. I, I met somebody over the weekend who uh, does ju- jujitsu and it was re- he really loves it. And I'm like, He's like, you should try it. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to grapple with grown men right now. Like, I'm not sure if that's where I am in my martial arts journey. I've done it. We have jujitsu at our school. It's a very different thing and very close and very like, we've done some grappling in our school, but it's. One of the reasons why I stuck with it for as long as I did is for a while at our school, it was just my husband and my two sons doing it. We were taking like a private lesson. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm comfortable with this group with these men, (laughs) at least hopefully. Right. And then as soon as we had like other people start joining, I'm like, I'll do the warm up and I'll I'll suffer through that part of it. And I don't do as much of it anymore. Mm -hmm. But now it's definitely it is right. Close contact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And really learning, you know, the body mechanics and the Oh yeah. How to leverage strength. I think it's really, really important and valuable. And there is that you have to hold that energy and that how, like, does everybody feel safe to to do that and be there and in that, those kinds of positions. Yep. As as long as the energy stays in a safe, like you said, space, then Mm -hmm. you know, you're okay. As soon as there's one thing that tips it, Mm -hmm over then it's like okay nope not anymore Yep, bringing it back around into your intuition I'm sure that informs your your teaching as well absolutely with karate with everything yeah Yeah. is is knowing you know recognizing that energy shift and that's something we all have it's just Mm -hmm. not something we all utilize efficiently 
Mm-hmm. And it's something we can all tap into and we can learn to use more. And the more you use it, the more it comes around and stuff. So it's definitely, definitely a tool yeah. I love using. Well, I'm sure you just like I have, I'm sure you've been in those rooms where it's like, uh, or in those circumstances where the, the instinct is actually to shut it down, to not tap into it, to deny it, to, to set those, those feelings, those gut instincts aside and power through something that ends up not feeling safe. And, and I mean, how often is the outcome actually positive when you do that? (laughs) A lot of the times that's where your burnout yeah. will come in, whether it's relationship burnout mm-hmm. or job burnout or however it happens, that's where that will start t- um, coming in a little bit more frequently. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I just glanced at the time and we've been talking <laughs> and this has been so fun. <laughs> and we, like you said, we, we went all over the map. Um, if there's one thing that you would tell somebody that you met for the first time and to encourage or inspire them or something to challenge their perspective or something like that. What is one thing you would share to close off our time together? I think it comes back to something that we actually brought up a while ago. It's take that first step, Mm. do that first thing. Even if it's not the thing you think you're going to do right away, initiate, get it Mm. started and you can follow through. Initiating it is key. That first step on the mat, that first step through the door, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. And then that. everything else will fall into place. And this, this has been reinforced. I even on on the show when I've had guests on, I've had it. You're not the first person to, you're not the first person to say it. And that doesn't matter because we need to hear it and we need to know, and we need to be told more than once usually that that is the key, that that is the most important thing is, Hey, get started, take that step. You don't have to think you're going to be in it for the long haul, but trying those new things, putting yourself out there is super, super important. Taking it back to martial arts talk. Every black belt was once a white belt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every expert was once a beginner. Mm-hmm. it's, I mean, well, that's something I, I really admire about, you know, what I'm seeing from Gen Z, from the younger generations is that they're just, they're out there doing things messy. They don't care as much about what people think they're yeah. on TikTok going, Hey, look at this fail. Hey, look, I'm trying this thing. And they'll, they'll map their trajectory and they'll do it in public yeah. and they say, Hey, I'm starting this new thing. Watch my progression. And yep. then they let people in on that journey to show that they're, that they're not, you know, like that, Hey, maybe I got to this point, but look where I started and they keep reinforcing that. And I think that's just so beautiful. It's so powerful. So important for all oh. of us to remember, even the ones who are not so young anymore. Eh, mm, mm. <laughs> the um, young bus has sailed. The ones that, I mean, because it's not too, like, it's never too late to start, to try, to pivot to do something <laughs> new. Um, so I, I think that's brilliant. Oh, Mindy, I'm so glad that you reached out, that we connected, and then we got a chance to do this today. Um, where can people find you? Um, so looking? on all my socials and my website, everything is pretty much the same. I've tried to streamline it and make it easy. Mm-hmm. So my business is called The Wellness Path. 
my Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, which I mess around with a little bit, but not much. I'm on TikTok. I'll follow you. <laughs> the Wellness Path WWC. Um, my email is the Wellness Path WWC at gmail.com. And my website is the Wellness Path WWC.com. All right. And I will link all of those in the show notes for you, Mindy. Fantastic. Thank you so much again for being here. And I I want to stay in touch with you because I think it's going to be, um, you're, yes, you're a please. very valuable person to know. So, and I loved talking to you and we will connect. And if there's other opportunities for us to collaborate and get on some sort of show or live or TikTok duets in the future, <laughs> we'll do it. Sounds fabulous, Sarah. Thank <laughs> Fantastic. you. Fantastic. All right. Thanks, Mindy.